Good afternoon, good evening, or maybe good morning, depending where you are across the world and what time it is where you're currently located. This is another episode of English with Fraser podcast on the English with Fraser uh, world, the English with Fraser project. You're on the podcast side of things. Happy listening. I'm glad that you're joining me again. Welcome back. We have well and truly missed you. So nice to nice to see you again and glad you're tuning in. This episode, we're going to be talking about politeness. Maybe you could say rules of being polite, politeness, conventions, politeness, or even etiquette, depending on how you want to say it. But politeness, because the UK is known for being a very polite nation. We always say please, we always say sorry too often. It's sort of a stereotype. Now, stereotypes we'll delve into a bit deeper on another episode. But for now, we're talking about politeness, the politeness rules that govern us. So they're sort of unwritten rules, unwritten politeness rules that us Brits in the UK like to stick by and generally abide by, which means to follow. I've just had a, a swig, which means a, a big mouthful, a gulp. I've just had a swig of Fanta before recording this, so I've got that quick sugar rush, that rush, quick bit of extra energy to keep me going, ready for this episode. So make sure you're sitting comfortably and get ready because we're going to start with the most important politeness rules and politeness conventions that the Brits use. Number one, this isn't, and I must add that these aren't all just unique to the UK. Of course, other countries have similar things. There's other similar rules in other countries, but these are the the ones that I could think of. Uh, the first one is that when you go to a friend's or even somebody else's house, once you walk into the house, you should ask them if they would like you to take your shoes off. In America, it seems to me that people wear shoes, i.e. outside shoes, trainers, boots, that sort of thing, inside the house. Now, this is very weird. This is very strange. Even when they're on the sofa, they've got trainers on. And I remember somebody asked me, is this the same in the UK? No, 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 no. We do not wear shoes inside. We do not wear shoes inside. You might wear shoes if you walk inside and you're just in the hallway. But a lot of the time in the living room, bedrooms, people have carpets. And we don't really wear shoes inside. And when you're at someone someone else's house, you might not be there for a long time. You might just be there for five minutes. So you might think, I'm just going to keep my shoes on. It's fine. But what you should do is ask them, oh, can I, should I take my shoes off? And if they say, no, 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 it's fine. Keep them on. Keep them on. This is just an example of being polite. Because say you walk into their house and you've got muddy shoes, you get mud on the carpet, you get mud on the floor. That's just being rude and you could avoid this by just being polite. 
Now, this is a complete contrast to other cultures. I know in lots of Asian cultures, you get into the house and immediately change the slippers. It's straight away. It's like shoes, slippers immediately. And you have to do this. And my girlfriend always tells me off when I forget to put the slippers on. Not sure why. It's a very big Asian thing. Also, my friend who's from Hong Kong, he's telling me as well, always slippers. And sometimes there's even two slippers. There's like bathroom slippers. And then the rest of the house slippers. Now, in the UK, slippers are also popular. But I would say they're more popular with sort of my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation. So I don't own slippers. I have people my age, friends, who do do wear slippers. But I just don't think it's as popular. It's sort of dying out a little bit, whereas sort of my parents' generation would always wear slippers. So if you're visiting a friend in the UK, um, once you get there, ask them if they would like you to take your shoes off because that's just being lovely and polite. And that's the aim of the game for us Brits. We love to be polite. It's in our nature. Um, and sometimes we're too polite, and we'll get into that later. Next, you should avoid asking personal questions, and especially about money. Again, this isn't only just um, polite in the UK for Brits. It is in other countries, and I think it's quite a taboo topic. But in the UK, you will never hear someone ask someone else how much they earn. I mean, if you're speaking to like a spouse or family, then maybe, but even then, like I'd never ask sort of grandparents or anyone like that. It's sort of out of bounds, that, that sort of question. Okay, so now, once we're eating, obviously there's table manner. Um, so when you're eating, how to eat, which fork you use. You should always use the fork in the left hand knife in the right hand because that's the proper way to eat however not everybody adheres to that um, and then one important thing to note that I think might be interesting once you're finished eating or you have decided you've finished eating so there still might be food on the plate if you want to signal that you've finished eating you place your fork and your knife together at the bottom of the plate. So imagine a clock. Imagine 6.30 on a clock. So 6 is at the bottom, right? And 30, 30 minutes, that's also at the bottom. So two at the bottom together. So you put your knife and fork at the bottom together like that. And that just says that you're done eating. You're finished. And other people around you know that. So, that, so they know you're finished. And that... That's, all, that's sort of an old tradition, but it's a polite way of letting people know that you've finished eating. And then if they see that, they don't have to question and say, oh, have you finished? They can tell that you have, in fact, finished eating. Next point is when you're on buses or trains or even shops, it is polite and nice to let the person in front of you off before you. Or say you're standing parallel, so next to someone, the same distance from the exit or the entrance, one person will generally say, no, after you. And if it's to a man and he's older than you, you'd say, after you, sir. And if it's to a woman and she's older than you, 
you'd say no after you, madam. And that is just being polite and British in a nutshell right there. So you could just charge, charge in front and go to the front before him. But that would be rude. And especially if it's someone who's your elder, we want to show respect to our elders, as we do in most cultures in the world. And we say no after you, sir. Sometimes you don't even have to say that. You might have headphones in. So you would just sort of suggest this with your body language. So you'd hold your right hand out flat and you'd like point to the door and you'd be like, hmm, after you. Or sort of like going, there you go, after you, sir. And then he would go before you or she would go before you. And then you'd go into the shop or get off the train after. This is especially... Um, prevalent when people are getting on the bus at the same time because as you can imagine or the train there's only there's sort of 10 people trying to get into one small door so if there's people in front of you if there's elderly people you'd sort of wait and let them get on before you now the next politeness rule is a golden rule this might be the most british rule of them all this might be the most famous one. We're very famous for doing that. And that is the Q, the British Q. And I'm not talking about the letter Q. I'm talking about forming an orderly Q, lining up in a row in a Q. That's spelled Q-U-E-U-E. -E -E. I know it's sort of when you imagine that, how you, you go, how does that make Q? How does that spell Q? Fortunately, there's some words like that in English that don't really make sense and don't really look like they're said how they're spelled. Loughborough being another one of them, a place in the UK. So the Q is sacred to us Brits. We always respect the Q. We always, we always respect the rules of the Q. And we always love to queue up. So how the queue works is fairly simple. You might be thinking, hmm, I'd like to go to the cinema tonight. Okay, let's go to the cinema. I haven't bought tickets online. I wasn't that organised. I'm just going to turn up to the cinema. I'm going to buy a ticket. That new Napoleon film's on. It looks pretty good. Right, let's go down. What do I have to do? Ticket, then refreshment. Okay, we've got to do ticket first. Oh, there's already people queuing up. Welcome to the UK. But essentially what happens is there's usually a place to wait. So there'll be sort of a sign which says wait, wait here. And then the first person will wait there to be served. And then the person behind them gets behind them and stands behind them. And then they sort of cordon it off um, with sort of these sort of like cones, sort of like cones, you know what I mean, in a cinema where... They cordon it off so people can queue in like a snake shape. So you don't queue out the door. They make people queue north to south, south to north, north to south, sort of snakes around like that. So the first person's there. They're waiting to be served. The second person gets there. The third, fourth, fifth, da 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 Then there's 12 people standing in the queue and they're waiting. The cinema is an easier example because that's tells you where to queue. However, a great example for me is the bus where I live in Redden. I usually get the the orange bus, the 13 or 14. And there's a bus stop 
and this bus stops on the edge of a corner of the road. Um, so people could all just stand in the same place under the bus shelter and wait for the bus. But in typical British, British fashion, people queue around the corner of the wall and then down the other road. So imagine a road corner connected in the in, in diagonally at the top. People queue around there and then down the other road. So they queue west along the main road and then south down the other road. So they sort of queue around like that. And people just do this naturally. And the thing is, there's no rules to say you can't, you don't, you have to stand in this queue. You could just stand near the front and get on. And if I'm being honest, I've done that before. One time, I think it was raining, there was a massive queue. Everyone was queuing so far back. And I just thought, you know what? I want a seat on the bus. I've had a long day. Let me just stand near the opposite, near the front of the queue, but just a little bit away. So I was like five meters away from the front of the queue, slightly to the left. And then the bus got there. And then I like powered to the front and then snuck my, snuck my way in. Now, you might say, what sort of Englishman are you? Like, it's horrible behaviour. And I know that's breaking every politeness rule in the book. But sometimes, guys, you've got to live life on the edge. And that's part of the thrill. So, you should always queue up. And if you queue skip like I did there, that's the worst move. People are going to hate you for that. So when I did that, people probably did hate me. And interestingly... When people are queuing up, if you try and jump in the queue in front of them, you will quite often get a quite an angry reaction or a quite hostile reaction. They'll be like, oi, get to the back of the queue. Or sometimes Brits are too polite and won't say anything, but secretly they'll be thinking, what a rude man. When I tried to get on that one time, I think the woman in front of me, sort of, or the woman behind me didn't, didn't let me in, and I sort of just forced my way in slightly. And everyone walks so slowly onto the bus because you have to slowly pay for a ticket or scan your ticket. So it gave me time to sort of hop in a little bit. But I don't recommend that. When you're in the UK, you'll see the queues. You'll see people forming queues all the time. Join the back of the queue and be a respectable member of society. Now, the next one is tipping. So... Tipping in the UK and tipping in the US are two different kettles of fish. That means they're completely two different things. They're two different practices. They're two different sets of rules. In the US, tipping's quite big. They always want you to tip. You always tip more in the US. And I think the reason is that the people that work as waiters and waitresses don't earn as much, so they rely on the tips and they expect a tip. So in America, there's this culture of you're expected to tip. So you might go to Popeyes, TGIs, I'm trying to think of American diners. Um, more like a sit-down restaurant than like a fast food chain. So we'll say TGI's, or we'll say a steakhouse. You have a lovely meal, delicious meal, steak, couple of beers, maybe some starters. And then after you get the bill, and they would expect you to tip, I think maybe 15 to 
and that's expected. And that tip should go straight to the waiter or waitress, or it goes in a big pot and then gets split up. However, in the UK, it's slightly different. We don't know, and there's no sort of socially accepted amount or number you should tip. And it depends cafe or restaurant. Generally speaking, people, if they do tip, tip sort of 10% or round it up to the nearest whole number. Say your bill's £36, then they might tip to make it £40, just to make it a nice round number. However, when you're in the UK, please check the bill first, because the bill will say on it, either service not included or service included. If your bill says service included, this means they've already added a tip for themselves. Cheeky, I know, very cheeky. So say you got the bill, it's sort of 40 pounds and it says service included, six quid, six pounds, then they've already added a tip. So don't tip them anymore unless you really love the service and it's exceptional. Otherwise, you're tipping them twice and you have to think, do they deserve this? Now, a tip, the way that we look, look at it in the UK, is it's your decision. Was it exceptional service? Was it amazing service? Was it really quick service? Was the waiter or waitress really receptive? They got to your table quick. They gave you a refill without you asking. The food came out hot. The food was delicious. There was no problems then you might think, yes, I might add a tip. But it's up to you. Don't think you're obliged to tip like you're in the US. Definitely not. I've been out many a time with friends. We've had a lovely meal. The meal's been fairly expensive, so maybe sort of £15 each. So we, so we just naturally didn't tip because we didn't think the service was anything special. The food was good on the expensive side. So they get the full price and that's it. And then we go home and everyone's happy. But if the service was exceptional, then maybe you can tip. But don't feel obliged that you have to. Also, sometimes we tip taxi drivers or hairdressers in the UK. Personally, I don't tip taxi drivers. Delivery drivers, Deliveroo, Uber Eats sometimes. But it's usually you're paying more of a premium to get it delivered. Now, I personally always tip the hairdresser. I go to this Turkish barber's, one not far from me, just around the corner. 15 minute walk, that means. Um, They always do a really good job. So I always tip them like extra one to two, one to three pounds. So it's sort of like every time I go in, they do a good job, I tip. Now when I go in, I think they, they recognize me. They know that if they do a good job, they'll get a tip. They sort of spend sort of a bit longer on it. And it's a nice relationship. It's a nice transaction. Great haircut, pay, leave them a tip to say thank you. And off we go. The next politeness rules are your P's and Q's. Now, this time it's Q as in the letter. I might be confusing you here. P's and Q's. We're talking about the letter P and the letter Q. P's and Q's. Now, this is a quote from an old poem, and the quote goes something like this. 
On all occasions next the chair, he stands for service of the mayor, and to instruct him how to use his A's and B's and P's and Q's. Now, minding your P's and Q's just means minding your manners. So, to dissect it and break it down for you guys, if you hear P's and Q's or mind your P's and Q's or mind your manners, that just means be polite and say please, say thank you, be respectable. So it sounds complicated, but your P's and Q's, remember it like this, your P's are your please and your Q's are your thank you's. Thank you and Q sort of sounds the same. Um, so remember when you're in the UK, and this is the same in most countries, but say, oh, please, can we have this? Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And you'll get on with everyone. And people will think, what a respectable young gentleman. What a respectable young lady. Now, as we're on the topics of leaving tips and restaurants, another politeness convention, a politeness rule, do not wave or yell to call the waiter over or a person of service. What you need to do is keep an eye on them, make contact and then nod or raise your hand or even... We've got this perfect thing in the UK where... Also in the US as well, then. You imagine that you've got a small booklet in your left hand, so you're holding a booklet in your left hand, and then in your right hand, thumb and first finger together. So thumb and first finger together, like you're holding a pen, and then you squiggle in the air over your left hand like you're drawing a signature, and that signifies the bill. That's the, that, actually, that's got to be the international sign for can we have the bill. So you don't have to shout, you don't have to wave your hands too much. You just see the waiter, give him a nod, or give him sort of a, a cheeky finger, come here, not the middle finger, um, or just do the old, please can we have the bill sign. You must know what I'm on about with the please can you have the bill sign. You get in the left hand, you've got the notebook, you can even do a cheeky flick, like you flick it with the left hand, you flick open the book, and then right hand you sign. And that's the sign of, please can we have the bill. And then they'll come over and you'll go from that. So, another extremely British politeness convention. Oftentimes, English people will beat around the bush. English people, which means English people will not be direct. They will not go straight to the point. They're too... Mm, maybe scared's not the right word. They're too polite to tell you exactly what they think. An example. You might have a report that needs to be done by the end of the day. So, a non-British person might tell you, can you do, please do this report by the end of the day, it's urgent. That's clear. You know exactly what you have to do. It's to the point. This is what annoys me. English people, and in English people in business, they'll ask you in such a way that it's so polite. They'll be like, oh, excuse me, uh, if you have a spare moment, can you please do this today? And if you wouldn't mind, by the end of the day would be good. But that's just if you have a spare moment. I mean, I don't want to stress you, but please can you do this? 
Oh, that really annoys me. Just tell me what you want. Just tell me straight. Don't sugarcoat it. Tell me the facts. Fraser, we need this done by the end of the day. Do it. Thank you. Done. That's all you need to know. In the UK, it's more... Ooh, I don't don't mean to offend you, but it looks like you may have some 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 chocolate on your mouth from when you were eating that earlier. Uh, I don't mean to offend you, but it would probably be a good idea to clean it up. It's, it's always like that. Always over polite. And I don't mean to disturb you, but it, it came to my attention that it seems that you've been caught in the rain. Did you need a tap? Stuff like that. That's very British. And if you're ever in the UK or you've been living here, you'll know exactly what I mean. And some people, they're just... And understand why it's very British of us. We like to be polite. We like to be kind. We don't want to be rude and come across as rude and brash uh, to anyone. But sometimes you just think, please just tell me straight. Please just tell me. Don't worry, you're not going to offend me. And this is classic Britishness. We don't like to offend people. We like to be sort of just sort of get on with it. We like to not interrupt people. We like to mind our own business a little bit. We like to be polite. We don't want to interrupt. Sometimes you need to be more direct. Okay, so the next one, say you are, you and a friend, you're organizing a party and the party's tonight and the party's supposed to be at eight o'clock. Do not turn up 15 minutes early unless you've warned or asked the host beforehand. So try to avoid turning up early and unannounced to places. For example, say if you just turned up unannounced to a friend's house or a colleague's house, this would be fine. They'd probably let you in, but it would be more polite and more respectable to let them know beforehand to give them a heads up as we like to say and it's the same for if there's a party and event british people are generally quite generally quite what's the word punctual generally on time but we're not exactly on the dot everyone on the dot at the time and it's generally okay to be about sort of 10 to 15 minutes late to a small gathering. We're not talking like one to two hours late. We're talking like five to 10 to 15 minutes late. That is acceptable. In a way, it's probably better to be five minutes late than turn up 10 minutes too early when the host isn't ready and they're panicking and they're like, oh my God, someone's here already. So just bear that in mind. Punctuality, yes. Punctuality is a mark of respect. And we do like to be punctual in the UK but we're not over the top about it. We're not too strict about it. Five minutes late, if it's sort of a party or a dinner party or an event, it's not the end of the world. Now, so say you are going to a dinner party. You're going to a dinner party with some friends. What would us Brits do? Well, we would pretty much most of the time bring a present. Now, when I say bring a present, I mean a small present, a small gift that shows thoughtfulness. It doesn't have to be anything lavish, anything expensive, anything too fancy. Say it's a dinner party, 
maybe a bottle of wine, a small box of chocolates, maybe some flowers, maybe some nice cheese for after. But you do not have to worry and think, oh, I have to spend so much money, it has to be a lovely present. No, no, no. We like to say it's the thought that counts. That means the thought of you that you, you knew and you thought to buy a present is more important than the present itself. So it might just be a Galaxy chocolate bar, a Cadbury's chocolate bar, Lindor chocolate, some roses, some Wensleydale cheese, some Edam cheese, some great present ideas for you guys here if you go into any parties. Um, doesn't have to be anything big. If you don't bring a present, it's not the end of the world. But if you feel you should, and it is quite nice to do so, it's nice to buy gifts, as we discussed in the last episode, the Christmas one. Don't break the bank, which means don't pay too much, don't go spend too much on it. Just a small, thoughtful gift always goes down well. So, for example, I went to visit my friend from Malta the other day. It was the first time I'd been to his house. So naturally, as a mark of respect for being invited to someone's house, I bought him a nice present, a nice bottle of wine. And he said, let's share it sometime. So next time you're over, we'll share it. So there you go. So it's a lovely thing to do. And sometimes they'll send you a thank you note back or a text message and everyone's happy. Now, when you first meet someone the first time, you've got to use proper greetings. So this isn't anything too complicated. You'll all have the perfect level of English and know how to do this, but you'll shake their hand. So if you meet someone more formally, if it's a friend, say it's a friend from uni, then not so much, but say it's a more formal gathering, someone older, or even if you meet a friend for the first time, it can be nice to shake hands. So you'll shake someone's hand, make eye contact. Important to make eye contact. If you don't make eye contact, they might think you're not trustworthy. And then you'll say, hello, my name is, nice to meet you. They'll say, hello, nice to meet you, your name and my name is. And there you go. And that's how you introduce each other. And that's the proper greetings out of the way. And then you can continue the conversation and getting to know them. And lastly, I would say, and I'm sure none of you would do this, but do be mindful of your language. So this is just sort of understanding where you are, understanding the social environment. If you're meeting new people, if you're at a dinner party, um, be on your best behavior. Don't use rude words, use polite words. Um, and avoid swearing. This sort of goes without saying, but it's very British to sort of speak, speak politely and not be, not use rude language. Um, now, British humour and sarcasm is a topic for another episode that I will record shortly because that is deserving of a whole episode in itself because there's a lot to talk about. But to summarise. There's a few politeness conventions, politeness rules that we use and adhere to in the UK without knowing it. But just remember, please and thank you, respect the cues, don't swear, 
and try to be on time as best as you can. But don't be too early because they'll be running about going, oh my God, they're here already. I haven't done my hair. The table isn't set. Nightmare. Hope you enjoyed the episode. That was another episode of English with Fraser podcast, season one, episode four. Lovely to have you. Hope you enjoyed it. Leave a rating. Um, If you've got any questions or suggestions, please do get in contact with me. That's englishwithfraser at gmail.com. If you've got a friend or a colleague who is also learning English and would like to improve their English and learn more about British culture, please do share this with them or send it to them or let them know. I'd really be thankful and appreciative of that. And as always, I'll speak to you guys later. Hear you in the next episode and take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.